series of Doctor Who, and on this podcast, we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights of the modern regeneration of the show. Today's episode is episode 11, Boomtown. The Rexacorical Falbatorians are back, or at least one of them is. Um, let's go around and introduce ourselves. This is Eugene. Hi, this is Frank. Hi, this is Brian. This here's Josh. I'm Auburn. And uh, Boomtown is written by Russell T. Davies, directed by Joe Ahern. It aired on the 4th of June, 2005, and its initial ratings were 7.13 million viewers. The episode begins with a recap of previous episodes, and I think this is the first time we have this, plus a cold open that doesn't involve the main characters. Right? Is it really the first time there was a previously on? I think so. Have we seen this in another? I don't remember. I'm just thinking of the two-parters. That's different. Yeah. This one is a standalone that doesn't have a preceding episode tying directly in. And it probably does because it refers to so many things from that other episode. The previous episodes that it's referring to are Aliens of London and World War III, um, leaving no doubt that the Sladeen are involved. It's six months after the destruction of 10 Downing Street. Blonde Felfoch... Pasamir de Sladin is in the guise of Margaret Blaine, and she has survived and has become the mayor of Cardiff. Mr. Cleaver, the government's nuclear advisor, informs her of the fault in the design of the nuclear power plant she is planning to have built. Once she is certain that he has told no one else of his findings, she kills him. <laughs> the TARDIS then lands in the center of Cardiff with the Doctor, Rose, and Captain Jack on board. It is parked on a sealed rift in time and space using the rift energy to refuel the TARDIS. And the rift that we are landing on is the one from the Unquiet Dead, the one that um, the Gelf had opened up. And Gwyneth. And Gw- or Gwyneth, yeah. yeah. Shuts. So it's nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yep. that was Cardiff as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. But in the... Oh, the one that they actually opened 1869. up. 1869. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. so all the way back there. Anyway. And I wonder if we're ever going to see this rift again. Oh. <laughs> Mickey arrives all the way from London, bringing Rose her passport. I thought it was really funny with the music. How Mickey gets off the train and it's all, la, 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 everything's beautiful kind of music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a travel log. Yeah. Um... The refueling process will take at least another day, so they all leave to get something to eat and explore the city. And we get sort of a Mary Poppins reference here when the doctor says, winds in the east. I don't know if anybody else caught that. (laughs) I caught it when you mentioned it. (laughs) Right now? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Edit out that. I don't like that pause. Edit that out, too. They also give a full explanation of the TARDIS again. And I like it. Yeah, I like it, but it just kind of makes me wonder, was the episode short and they needed to fill? But it also makes me wonder why Mickey doesn't know of the police boxes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, he wouldn't because he's too young. But, you know, in in history, I don't know. People don't know history. Did you know about police boxes before there was a... No, but I didn't grow up in London, so I'm just saying. I, I, yeah. I just thought it was, I mean, it was a very good recap of what the TARDIS and why it looks that way. Yeah. So I th- um, there were probably, I think, they didn't mention it at all in, in this series at, 
yet, have they? Um, not oh. not to this extent. No. Well, yeah, yeah. people are yeah. going to be asking who don't know. I think like that's what is this Doctor Who show. That's Why true. does it look like yeah. that? You know, it's all it's answering you know potential fan questions. True. It's also that the Doctor likes it. Yeah, he yeah, likes yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. I do like. I could change it. <laughs> I don't, don't want to. to fix it, but no. but yeah. I thought the show that. Oh, go ahead. I was just also going to say that that those two scenes—the one right outside the TARDIS and the one inside the TARDIS—Jack's all already fully integrated into the. the system. They're a trio, the trio now. He's not even wearing his uniform, you know. And they're just they're high fiving each other. Where did you he know? get but the they said, costume though? But that's what something about Jack. They said. <laughs> Have you seen in that the last closet? episode or two episodes now? Um, that Jack dresses for the time period. Time oh. period he is in. What is he dressing? So he blends in. But he what blend... is he dressed? What time period? Like the bomber jacket? Is he doing like Top Gun? <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, not but he's flight jacket, not bomber just jacket. The, yeah, the jacket was a bit much, but just the blue shirt. He's mm-hmm. changed. His well, hair's changed. Yeah, but he goes he's, back to that. But he's always to fit in. To, at least when they first started with Jack, mm-hmm. he's to fit in. He's a time agent, so mm-hmm. that's what they would do. You find out what the period is like, right. what to wear, mm-hmm. and you would not really look at him a second no, glance. As not at all. Around. Oh, so, I'd give him a second glance. Well, that's true. <laughs> but not... Well, yes, good word. Okay. <laughs> and if John Berman's listening, hi, John. Anyway, um, but the doctor was always wearing the same thing. So mm-hmm. that's something that it continued on through this, which is great. And also I noticed that Mickey is such the odd man out when it comes to this group. Yeah. Because they probably have gone on... They might have gone on other adventures. Well, they did. Together. Yeah. You know, since the last time I saw them, which is just World War II. So... It seems like Jack's been with them for a while before this yeah. episode. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I get that sense, too. Yeah. And they have the whole into I mean, time really, and space yeah. group thing that they have. And they had that chemistry that you wouldn't get from just one episode that we saw right. him last. Uh, their fu- oh, where am I? <laughs> their fueling process will take at least another day, so they all have to get something to eat and explore the city. While having a genuinely good time at the restaurant, the doctor sees Margaret Blaine on the front page of a newspaper. Fun time is over. That's one thing when we see the press conference mm-hmm. and she gets upset saying no pictures. I'm yeah. sorry. You're the mayor of Cardiff, which means you're a politician and you expect people not to take photos of you. I mean, I mean, I see why it works for the, the, the script and the plot, but still it's just kind of like, yeah, that would never happen. But wasn't that the same picture they just took? Yes. Yes. 30 seconds yeah. ago across town. It was the evening edition. It's a little quick. It's a, yeah, it just seemed I like know. also that scene should have been before they left for the out of the TARDIS, at least to give an idea of time has gone on. He ran straight to the press. <laughs> Stop the presses. But, but, um, but back that, to... When uh, Jack was saying, oh, no, 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 it had nothing to do with me. <laughs> more John Berriman, and that was the fun Jack that we all liked from the Doctor Who series before he goes over to Torchwood, where it becomes a lot more serious and just downer and mm. <laughs> depressing. But this was all the light fun, having a good time. And they seemed to really have a good time. It seemed like a fun oh, story. Yeah. And we could discuss that on Torchwood New. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it's, it's his characters now being really becoming part of Doctor Who. Yes. We had a World yeah. War II, but he's like, okay, now you're part of this. You are a companion. And how it's so different from what it ended up on Torchwood. Mm. Yes. I just wanted to <laughs> yeah. that. Um, back at the press conference, to rewind a little bit, Margaret Blaine is confronted by a reporter, Kathy Salt, about all the bad luck and deaths surrounding the power plant project. 
Miss Saul tells her that Mr. Cleaver posted some of his findings online before his death. Margaret takes Kathy to a secluded restroom and plans to kill her, but has a change of heart when she finds out that Kathy is pregnant. Well, all those deaths that she's talking about, too, are obvious faked accidents that where Margaret has killed somebody. The best one is the the one where she runs the per, the guy over. The architect. Yeah. <laughs> he said, my car, it was raining. I couldn't see. <laughs> so she did that on her own. But yeah. also love the... Uh, all the safety inspectors were killed. Well, they're French. There <laughs> <laughs> no, was one. It was an icy patch. A very icy patch. <laughs> and uh, Margaret Blaine is wearing a lot of uh, jewelry, a lot of bling, if you will, around her neck. It's very present. That's that's how that's it is? the her office. Okay. Yeah, that's the seal. She just her. looks like she likes it. Yeah. They, it, they yeah. do that in some... I don't think... They, like, the mayor of London has one. Okay. The mayor of Cardiff would have Got one. Got it. Yeah, that's it's a British okay. thing, like a police box. That was not that was not jewelry. I mean, you know, <laughs> she didn't wake up and go, "This will look stunning." That's yeah. this, this. That's her office. This really holds mm. the outfit together. Pulls yeah. the outfit together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, okay. It's Good. like you know, a lawyer goes into their courts and wears the robes and, and the wig. Think, and the wig. I don't sometimes. know if they still wear the wig, but sometimes. Yeah, but they still wear the robes. And just wanted like, to Aw. point that out there for our non-British uh, viewers, <laughs> listeners, whatever. Oh. And Margaret is lonely. Hmm. It's yeah. also it wasn't just the pregnancy, but she hesitated to kill mm-hmm. Kathy when Kathy had a boyfriend. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the hesitation that she is lonely. She is all alone, and they're trying to make you feel for her. It doesn't work because <laughs> 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 it's still who she is and what she's yeah. going to do. Well, but she also, is lonely, and it is a family that she misses. Well, I'm also glad that we didn't get a much um, flatulence in this one. It was more of just like a a rumbling of a. Yeah, this was definitely more serious. Yeah. Down. So I, I mean, they, they left it in, I think, just as as callbacks. As a connecting tissue, yeah. yeah. But, but I'm glad they kind of toned down on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, once it, after that scene, it didn't happen nope, again. not at all. And I don't know about you, but I hate changing in a bathroom. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big bathroom. <laughs> they call it the toilet there. With the WC. Lou? The water closet. Lou? Uh, Lou. I don't know about Lou. He goes in the men's room. <laughs> oh. The doctor and his gang go to City Hall. But back to the dinner when uh-huh. they're having so much fun. Oh, uh, is it lunch or dinner? Well, if it's an evening it's edition, it must be. But it must uh, be later dinner. Daylight savings. They have that there. <laughs> go ahead. Um, you know, and and Jack is telling that story. You know, yeah. the twelve, fifteen guys all naked with, with the tusks. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's a part of me thinking that's just. Barrowman telling a real story from his real life. <laughs> he's just, he's just, you know, there wasn't anything in the script. They said, just tell a story. I just, I just keep imagining him going, oh yeah, this really happened to me and I'm going to tell it. Only the adverbs are changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the doctor and his gang go to City Hall and capture Blonde slash Margaret. They discover that she is planning to build the nuclear power plant named Bladrug. Am I saying that right, guys? <laughs> Sounds, Sounds right. Okay. I think it's Blythe. Blythe. Yeah. They pronounce it different ways. Yeah, they do. The DD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's Welsh, for goodness sake. Well, that, on whatever that no, is. No, it's Welsh for something else. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that is, on top of the rift and then destroy it. <laughs> when it blows, she can harness the energy from the open rift to propel her out of the solar system on top of an acquired slash stolen extrapolator. Wait, how... We find that out right then? 
We have the chase first, don't we? Yeah, we have and the, the chase whole, uh, and the time, you know, where she's zapping out of there oh, and he yes. zaps her back. Ocean's sure. Eleven entrance and... <laughs> yeah, they chase her after... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. runs out of there at well, the Well, we just said in the thing, he, they capture her, but... Oh. No, but we, we can... You can, can, can expand. You yeah, can expand on that. I like the sound effect of when the doctor takes the sonic screwdriver and re-teleports her. It reminds me of like old Mm Hanna-Barbera sound library sound effects. (laughs) And I love that. Well, I I like the part where he tells her secretary that the doctor's here. It's just the name. And then you hear the the cup the cup, <laughs> cup drop, right? Yes. And then he just goes out and says, "She, can you come back next week?" And he's like, "She's climbing out the window, isn't she?" <laughs> well, Rack, well, Jack comes in and says, "Okay, this is the plan. We're going in this way." <laughs> oh, sorry, Doctor, go ahead. Good plan. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, the whole beginning of this is a lot of fun, lighthearted. Uh, it really takes a, a tone shift though mm-hmm. later. Oh yeah, but yeah, it was. Well, I mean, good seeing well, I also like that the weapons that they have are phones. It's like, oh, we're yeah. no guns. We're not taking this way, mm-hmm. but it's a way we can connect with each other, you know, and mm-hmm. take, yeah. take care of her. But it wasn't a weapons. Right. Aspect. That was kind of a good twist on it. Yes. And he, uh, you know, he keeps, she teleports, he teleports her back. That's what he did with Cassandra. Mm-hmm. So I... Just mm. caught that this last time. I was like, oh, that's the same thing. Like he, he knows how to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a, an established. And Rose even mentions the doctor is good at teleport. Yes, he's, he's good at teleport. Yeah. It's I a could set, do this all day. It's a setting on his screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did we say that the Welsh name means bad wolf? Not yet. Not yet. Because we already talked about. So everybody, the Welsh name means. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, and this was our first uh, where they mentioned in the show that they've been seeing that Bad Wolf it, right? a lot yeah, and that's been following them. Yeah, yeah. This is the first, the first time, time they talk about they it. Acknowledge it. Yes. But the doctor ends with just uh, uh, blowing no. it all off. Yeah. Like, yeah, just whatever. coincidence. Oh, well. <laughs> um, I, I read somewhere that Russell T. Davies was inspired by um, Buffy's um, Big Bad. And so that's probably why it's Big Bad Wolf, maybe. I don't know. This is just uh, me speculating. But he said that that was an inspiration for him in this new series of Doctor Who that he spearheaded. So up until now, we've heard Bad Wolf in The End of the World, The Unquiet Dead, Aliens of London, Dalek, The Long Game, Father's Day, The Doctor Dances. So we've heard in a lot of episodes up until now. <laughs> That's an amazing coincidence. Yeah. Um, so the riff that Margaret is planning to use to escape the solar system is also going to be the destruction of the Earth. So the doctor translates the name of the power plant, and we did that. And um, he and Rose both comment how they heard that before. And the doctor plans to take uh, is plans on taking Blonde back to Raxacorcal Falbatorius. Now she really doesn't care about destroying the planet at all. It's, Not at all. Such a, Not at all. Yeah, the planet's going to be destroyed, but I'll get out of here. This is yeah. that raffle anthill <laughs> kind of thing. Hey, she's just like London, who wouldn't care if Cardiff blew up. <laughs> oh my, I've gone native. <laughs> that was a good line. Um, so, Blonde tells the doctor that she has the death penalty, and if he takes her back, he's sentencing her, sentencing her to certain death. He says it's not his problem. They all return to the TARDIS where Jack integrates the extrapolator into the control console to help charge the TARDIS quicker. The whole moment where she was telling them that, 
and then kind of challenging everyone to look her in the mm-hmm. eye, I felt like she's a you know she's killed tons of people already, and they've been saying that, and she's you know they look at her as a monster. Uh, I I like the drama of them feeling that way, mm-hmm. feeling guilty, showing them they're not killers. But I also feel like it's a it was a very quick turn. Like, well, what did you think it was going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, I felt it was a little easy. Hmm. Yeah, I wish the doctor could have maintained that content contact. Yeah, I was. Just you sort know, of Rose and Mickey. That. You yeah, yeah, that's fine kids, for them. But the doctor, he's been hardened yeah. already. Yeah, I, I was going to. I, I mean, I've seen this episode before, but I, I don't. I didn't remember what was going to happen. But I kind of felt like we were going to see Ro, Mickey turn away, Rose turn away, Jack turn away, where the doctor keeps looking mm. at her, but it didn't happen. So mm-hmm. I felt like yeah. they were they were trying to pump up that you know emotion for it, but I didn't think it played because she we just saw her kill a bunch of people. She was going to kill that one gal, but didn't. But didn't, but, yeah. And, she and killed, then they, they perfectly explained she was going to blow up the world. And she has no problem killing more no people. problem with it. <laughs> Hitler didn't even try to blow up the whole world. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, I did want a little bit more feedback out of it because it was kind of the whole death penalty debate. Yeah, it's a you death know, penalty debate. Killing a killer justice or hypocrisy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wanted more yeah, I guess it was, depth in that. It wasn't quite an even debate it's an even debate when someone accidentally killed someone and they were careless or they meant to and it was a fit of rage. Or this, uh, but you get, but to dest- <laughs> this is a monster trying to destroy a planet. Oh, no. Yeah, but it is. I think what they're trying to say is this is still a person standing right in front of them and it's now your doing. Right. Personally, right here, right now, and you have to do it. Yeah, I get it. You know, I, I guess I feel it didn't take... It was well, too, I, too quick of a moment for it to really play with I, for me. I mean, I feel where it's like, I'd be like, no, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I'll take you right back right now because mm. you were going to blow up Without a this whole thought. planet. You did kill a lot of people. And, you know, I didn't make the laws on your planet. What am I going to do? Let you go? That's not an option. I think the big part they show, they, the doctor says a little later on, is the person who's asking me is a dead face. Yeah. It's somebody that you mm. killed and yeah. living in. What was the line? I wrote it down. Um, you're pleading for mercy out of a dead woman's lips. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, I like how... A quick um, turn into the darkness in this episode. <laughs> I like how Margaret starts this scene in the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. And she says, this is different for you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because you have to wait. You can't just leave. And, you know, just kind of like, okay. I almost hear Russell... In that line, mm-hmm. you know, this is one of Russell's um, overarching things about the doctor. Mm-hmm. You just leave because you can, and you, you know, you don't have. You, you're a master of time, so you don't have to wait for anything. So when you're done, you leave. But now you can't, and you have to wait this twelve hours, and you're not used to that. And now you have to sit there and think about what's coming up instead of just doing it. You have to think about what's coming and the consequences of and the consequences doing. of it. And I just, I love that. It's very convenient for the story that they need to sit on that rift. But do we ever get an explanation of why the TARDIS needs to power up? It was just kind of needs fuel. Yeah, that's the impression I got is they need yeah. to do something like that every so often. And hey, look, this will work really well. I, I mean, did, in the, in the over, overall, no, I the mean, entire series, it's like you don't need to refuel no. the TARDIS. And that's but, why I think it was great yeah. that, you know, they found a way to explain why we needed to stay here. Yeah, yeah. just a just mm-hmm. a one-off kind of thing. Again... Mm-hmm. This is one of those examples where, to me, they earn it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think also, too, as the series goes on, 
the TARDIS and the sonic screwdriver become more powerful and f- fantastical and things like that. Right now, it's sort of grounded in a little bit more yes. yeah. sci-fi reality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. I thought the actress, Annette Badland, did Badland. great. Oh, yes. yeah. This is blonde. I She's... Her and the yes. scenes between her and Eccleston are great. That scene yeah. at the table. really well. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it's... I mean, I loved good. her in the two-parter. She was, to me, she was one of the best. Yeah. Her and Harriet. Yeah. Right. You know, where... I mean, she... And not... She is in this episode, too... But in the first episode, she's really doing scenery-chewing, mustache-twirling villain. Yeah. But you buy it. And you buy it, because she does it really yeah. well. And in this episode, she does a little bit of that when she needs to. But she also shows that she can do other stuff, too, where yeah. she is trying to convince everybody, you know. That she's okay. And, and if she, you didn't know who she was, you'd buy it. You'd oh, yeah. Go. And that's like, wait, I'm forgetting who I'm dealing with. Yeah. What do you mean? If, you mean who, who she's the character? So if she good. was doing that... To anybody else besides a doctor. Oh, I see. So she did it go, to Mickey. Well, no, yes. Mickey was in the first two. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I know what you Who mean. didn't know that she, who she really was, who she really mm-hmm. was blonde, and what she's occurred, yeah. what's occurred. Yeah. You'd buy into it. You're almost do watching it. But it's like, no, I know what you're capable of doing and what you have done and will do. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a viewer, like, you always hope for redemption of people. And, you know, right. it, it had been a while since I watched this, so I didn't remember how it turned out. And I was hoping... For for that redemption, but then they took it from me. I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but not to go, go off on a weird tangent, but I'm gonna. But you've been working on this one because this is, seems to be what I've been doing every episode to make the Star Trek comparison. <laughs> it's almost <Engage>. like <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like she kind of reminds me of the Ferengi. When we got mm. the Ferengi, and they were going to be this big bad, they were ridiculous. They were silly. They were stupid. They were, you know, they, they, it was just dumb, and nobody could take them seriously. And we saw this Levine in the first two-parter, mm-hmm. and they were silly. And it was just kind of like, okay, remember, it's a kid's show, it's a kid's show, it's a kid's show. And then as they moved on in Star Trek, they redeemed the Ferengi a bit, you know. And then you've got characters like Quark who could have, you know, done by a really good actor and could do all this extra stuff and never lose the Ferengi-ness about them, mm-hmm. right? So when they needed to be silly, they could still be silly. But they could also be deeper and dramatic and effective. And I think that's what Margaret does. Okay. She kind of redeems the Slavine mm-hmm. in this episode where she makes them have more depth, have more emotion, and yet still be Slavine because she's just manipulating mm-hmm. everybody, <laughs> which is what they do really well. Back to Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's. I think Russell said that he was so impressed with Badland's performance in those two episodes that he wanted to bring her back somehow, and he found this Yay. way of doing that. Um, so the extrapolator is plugged into the console to help it charge quicker. Even with this added power source, they won't be able to leave until morning. Rose confesses to Mickey that she didn't really need her passport, and the two leave for some alone time. Or, um uh, Blonde plays on the doctor's emotions and asks for a last meal before they take her to her execution. And I like the way that this is covered because the camera is focused on um, Badland and the doctor is in the background and she never turns until like later on in her dialogue. And I think that's really great that you can see both of them, but they're not looking at each other. Yeah. It's very effective. Yeah. 
And then there is that turn, and you just see her. Yeah. Then it just becomes a standard. Well, but yeah, but but it does. It turns at a really dramatic moment. Yes. Where she's like throwing something back in his face. And and then, and then they start to joke about yeah. how she um, teleported to the Isle of Dogs or something. Yeah. And and by the way, of course, Jack has handcuffs. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they um, so the doctor agrees and takes her to a meal. Or it, yeah, he. He gets the uh, the bracelets from Jack and attaches them to Blonde so that she won't escape. During the dinner, she attempts to kill the doctor more than once, and we get a like sort of we start off with a Princess Bride reference almost. And um, when when these attempts fail, she begs him to have mercy and let her go. I'm watching that tonight just now, just like made me laugh even more about what we were saying about like you just tried to kill him twice and you begged three for times, mercy. three times. <laughs> And, and then you just Poison, well, dart, and gas. <laughs> <laughs> and, With, the, and, and talk about Looney Tune sound effect. The, 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 the dart. The dart. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. <laughs> and and the doctor counters them all very well. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else noticed the background people. They did really well. They just looked like they're actually ordering. Just eating. And, and, yeah, what do you want fun. <laughs> they did well. That's so funny because I did think that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one thing that I was thinking, I know you mentioned it in uh, Father's Day, but this really felt like the cheap episode. I don't know if this is the cheap episode. Like, yeah, this is the cheap episode. No effects. And, yeah, this I think is, that helps this is a play. so much because yeah. you don't have that same duality of the physical suit and then the CGI. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's in the suit. You know, so this yeah, is they didn't do any CGI. They didn't do a lot of her But it's even, even more than that. Because and, she, and you don't see her much in, outside it's, the suit, which is great. But even... That's sort of one of the problems I sort of have with this episode, even though I was just telling Auburn that every time I watch it, I I like it more because a lot of what the logic of this episode is done through dialogue and exposition. Mm. It's done well, but because it's not actually happening, they're just talking about things that did happen. It's all theory, like, uh, and debating over the death penalty and all these Mm. different feelings and emotions. Not not a lot actually physically happens. Mm -mm. So I... Every time I see this episode, I, I find myself saying, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. what goes on in this episode." Because it's not doesn't it's not very memorable, aside from the main things that happen. Because it's not doing much physically. Mm. So, and to me, it's totally worth it. Just it is like a two person, mm-hmm. a little you know, like a one act two yes, person it's very play. Well, yeah, and I like mm-hmm. that. You know, you it's, know, my dinner with the doctor, yes. that kind of a thing. <laughs> but I love Dr. that. Jones. I love that. I don't not like it, like I said, and uh, I like it every time, more every time I see it, but uh, I do find that I think I don't. Right. When it comes, like, I can oh, understand oh, that. Oh, right. this episode. <laughs> All right, I'll watch it. It's in my queue. Yeah. And then I watch it, and I think it's really good. But back to the, the title of the episode, Davies stated that he originally wanted to call this episode Dining with Monsters. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, so um, they're doing the dinner, and then meanwhile... Mickey tells Rose that he has been seeing someone else. They argue that Rose just, or yeah, they argue that Rose has just left him behind and will always choose the doctor. Which was really a good scene for Mickey. Oh yeah, to have. but it was just devastating because he realizes she calls and I dropped everything to mm-hmm. get here. It's just, mm-hmm. what have I become? What am I doing? And, all she and he'll well, do she... it, and he knows that he'll do it again. Yep. It's not like anything he's going to stop. He's like, I will always be there. It's <laughs> just sad, Mickey. We need to get him a copy of Codependent No More. 
I do like that. The like, there's a lot in that scene that I like. One of the more minor things that I like is she explains that they they have had other adventures mm-hmm. that we don't see. Mm-hmm. I love that because yeah. to me that makes it very real. I don't. I'm not one of those fans of shows that you know the only thing that we ever saw was on the episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, more happens, more goes on. We don't know them. We will probably never know them, but it it, it broadens the world, and I like that a lot. Yeah, the one place she mentions is they've been to Justica, which is a star system that um, they visit in the new series, the Venture novel, the monsters inside. So that's another thing that's explored outside of the show. So while Mickey and Rose are having this moment, a rumbling interrupts their argument, and Rose runs in the direction of the TARDIS, leaving Mickey behind. At the restaurant, the Doctor and Blonde also feel the rumbling, and run to the TARDIS as the doctor yells that the rift is opening. When when they arrive at the TARDIS, Jack explains that the extrapolator just went crazy and is opening the rift. And I'd like to point out that the the extrapolator is very blue in this um, the lighting. It mm-hmm. it like kind of blows out in the camera. It's weird. Again, with that blue motif, somebody just really likes all those blue LEDs. LEDs. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, yes. Blonde grabs Rose by the neck and tells them with, that the extra with her alien arm. Yes, and we see the like the glove come off, yeah, li- yeah. literally and physically, <laughs> and the <laughs> the. But it gets a bigger I like that. <laughs> and the claw, the Slidine claw, comes in, and um, she tells them that the extrapolator has a backup program to utilize any advanced technology it finds to open the rift. So that was her plan all along. Plan B. I think it was plan, plan B. B because well, yes. yeah, because if that if the power plant didn't work, then she knew that somebody with more the only advanced reason the, plan, the only reason the power plant wouldn't work is if somebody came with, with more advanced technology, right. and then that's yeah. So, so to put that was a clever writing. Oh yeah, bit. It's not like convenient. It's yeah, actually, yeah. It's like, yeah. You, know, you because think it's convenient it is, in the, when the moment it happens exactly. But then you know it was a setup from the beginning, and then it yeah. makes sense. To protect itself, the TARDIS opens its core and Blonde looks directly into the heart of the TARDIS. This de-ages her back to before birth, leaving her as a large tendrilled egg. She's an egg. She is an egg. <laughs> she's, <laughs> an, she's an egg. And, and by the way, this is literally deus et machina. Max, oh. machina. Literally. Deus ex machina? Deus. <laughs> um, here it's, it mentions, that, or I think Russell says this. The resolution is the deliberate deus ex machina regressing oh. Margaret so that she is, can start anew, although Davies remarked that the resolution did not come completely out of nowhere as the TARDIS's psychic link has been already established. Yeah, they did say the TARDIS has a psychic link, and she does say thank you. Mm-hmm. So yes. It seems like the TARDIS was saying, I can give you a second chance. Like, like talking to her, but we couldn't hear right. it. Yeah. yeah. Right, so but, there seemed to be something else going on there that we're not privy to, but mm-hmm. fill in what you want. Yes, <laughs> so it was. absolutely. It still came out of nowhere. <laughs> sure. Well, and certainly they set up the technology of the gods, and I think they even call the doctor a god. So for anybody that doesn't know, deus ex machina means god from the machine. It's uh, Or machine of the gods or something. Or machine whatever. of the gods, yeah. In the theater, it's when it's everything's good. going to, to hell and something big happens that really comes convenient. out of left field. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. open up the TARDIS, 
turn on the biggest light you can find. And And a miracle happens. (laughs) And she's an egg. But the TARDIS saves the day. I mean, it is not somebody using the TARDIS. The TARDIS says, no, you're going to destroy me? I don't think so. And opens up. (laughs) I mean, I can accept it because it is the TARDIS. I mean, you know, it wasn't the sonic screwdriver doing this. So that it is the TARDIS, it's kind of like, okay, all right, I kind of buy it. But still, a little convenient. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I get the psychic link, and I like all that, but that literally makes it godlike. Like, it may, basically makes yeah, it, it does. Seem, makes it like, well, then almost everything bad that actually happened that the TARDIS was in the vicinity of the TARDIS could have just fixed it. I kind of agree with that. So, <laughs> but I think it was just. I think your brain, when you're watching it, is, is sort of playing catch up with what actually happened and finds it interesting. So you're like, oh, okay, yeah, and you don't think about it till you do a podcast. <laughs> and is this the first time in this series that we learn that the TARDIS is alive? Sort of. I don't think, think so. Has it been mentioned before? I don't no, think so. No, it talks Just about, like you said, like it's, it's powerful the, and it can yeah. get into your brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but not the, that it has yeah. a sen- sentence. Yeah, it's more too. than just a machine. Before yes. it was, this is a really incredible machine. Yeah. And it is a bit of a setup for the end of this season. Yes. 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 Yeah, absolutely. So the, the doctor and Jack quickly disconnect the extrapolator and reseal the riff. Rose goes... Yeah, they just never say how they do it. <laughs> Jack said he already disconnected it, but it's somehow well, still connected. If the TARDIS can make a lady an egg, then it can... They just moved all the switches to the right. Yeah, they, that's they, right. They moved all the, that's Literally. how they did it. They did say. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. That one, well and done. then one of the switches went to 11. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> oh, and speaking of... Fun sound effects. Mm-hmm. Well, we weren't, but we did earlier. Um, they used it twice in this episode, but they have that typical double thunder oh, clap. Yeah. <laughs> right, that, right. You know, I mean, I that is one of my favorite sound effects ever. I mean, yeah. it's in Star Wars when Luke goes into the trench, you get and he a gets, thunder clap. And he gets a little cooked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just kind of like... did it happen here? It happened when... Um, the, the, the rumbling. When you see the TARDIS, uh, when you see the, the visual effect oh, okay. of the light going up into the sky above I'd the TARDIS. To to it again. And, and yeah, and you just hear that boom, boom, twice. <laughs> and it's just kind of like... And I think it's when Rose is running. Yeah, and all the cracks yeah. in the, the Right concrete. before that, right? Yeah. You see her under the bridge and she stops. Yes. And you just hear this boom, boom. Mm. And then again at the end, you just hear boom, boom. It's like, that is just... It's classic. That, that must be a cheap sound effect. That everybody is in in everybody's machine, yeah, and they just threw it in there, and it's awesome, <laughs> like the Wilhelm scream, yeah, <laughs> or the visual lightning that they use and everything from Frankenstein, yes, every science fiction show that has oh, we need lightning. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Rose goes back to find Mickey. She sees, or uh, he sees her looking for him, but leaves without her noticing. She returns to the TARDIS, where the Doctor says that they will wait for him if she wants to. But she replies, no, he can do better. The doctor has the TARDIS leave for Rexacorcoral Falbatorius, planning to leave Blonde with, her, uh, with a different family so that she can have a second chance in life. No longer so the... No and longer. she actually says he deserves better. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Or well, he can, can do better. I, I thought it was deserves. he can do better? I think it's deserves. I think deserves. Okay. Yeah, he deserves better, which is a little bit... I don't know. Like, <laughs> more heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Well, also, then they say that Blonde can have a second life. And Rose says that would be nice. Yes. A second chance. Yeah. A second chance. It's like she realizes she messed up. Yeah, she blew she, it. Yeah. Just using him. Yeah. 
So in this episode, we get the return of Noel Clark as Mickey Smith and Annette Badland as Margaret. Yay. Every time Mickey shows up, he's I, he's cooler and cooler. He's getting better, yeah. Because yeah. he stands up for himself more and more. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah I guess it's a great, one of the best character arcs in television history. <laughs> Absolutely. You can't stand so much to someone <laughs> who you think you want to see more. Yeah. Um, this this location of the Roll Doll Plass will uh, develop later in the Torchwood series. The that's what? the name of the plaza. That's oh, the, that's, that's where they they the, the, <laughs> that's where they're ripped. Shall we pick that name up that you just dropped? Sure. I don't know how to pronounce. Oh, his nobody's name. picking it up. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the plaza where the TARDIS is. It's after the author of um, Ch- uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and oh. uh, James and the Giant Peach. Was he Welsh? He must be. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't know that. But... Is that is that the real name of the <laughs> yes. place? Yeah, the location. What is that building with all the words on it? It's a theater. Yeah. Is theater? Is, yeah, are the words from something he? It's wrote? in Welsh. No, I don't, think it's... I don't think so. But I, I'm pretty sure if you, what happens is, is if you look at it in one angle, it's in Welsh, and if you look at it from a different angle, it's in English. Oh, like the TARDIS. And it, and I don't know what the quote is. I used to, because mm. I read it in some torch. That's where they make the grape jelly. Maybe, mm. or the something mm. <laughs> went over my head on that one. <laughs> and I do know that they had trouble filming there. Because it was cold. Well, yeah, it was freezing. Um, and they'd filmed a lot there with Torchwood. Not that anybody knows what Torchwood is. Um, <laughs> but that monument that the, the TARDIS is riding from with the water dropping, mm-hmm. if the wind was like oh, over five miles them. per hour, they automatically turned that water off. Oh, so the continuity. The continuity was awful for them because it was like, oh, you know, the winds are going to come get the scene done. So I know that they always had trouble filming in that location. That if sound wasn't bad enough. And even like the the beginning of this episode, a lot of the shots of that location, the lens was just full of droplets. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Oh, I didn't that. notice that, no. Watch it again. You'll see. Like, you know, they're out of focus. But, I will from now but on. But they are there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see anything else. I really like the acting in this episode. Yeah. I thought they did a great job. Yeah, I think, I think we even... should talk a little bit more about the conversation, the dinner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I like to also just mention, even the guy in the very beginning that she kills, I was watching it today, I'm like, this guy's a really good actor for someone, you know, who's got like a, a bit part who gets killed in the first two do, minutes. Do you want to know why? Yeah. All right, let's hear <laughs> it. Oh, here we go. The actor playing Mr. Cleaver is William Thomas. He had previously appeared as Martin the Undertaker in the 1988 classic series Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, that's this a good is, one. This is uh, the this makes him the first performer to appear in both the original oh. and the current run of Doctor Who. That's that, well. Nice. My theory was sort. Oh, my, my my theory was that this guy probably doesn't even know what Doctor Who is. He's probably, <laughs> he's probably a really good like stage British actor. They just called called him in. He's just like I don't know what this is. I'm just going to be an actor because I'm a very good actor. And then he did a really good job. But obviously, I'm wrong. <laughs> and he also goes on later to play. Um, Garrett Cooper? Is that how you say that? In the, the, the father, The father of Gwen Cooper in Torchwood. Oh. oh. How's it spelled? G-E-R-A-I-N-T. Oh. Garant. Too Welsh for Garant. me. Anyway, back to the calligraphy on the building. Could be John for all the, you know, how you spell <laughs> things in Welsh. <laughs> on the building, uh, the English translation is creating truth like glass from inspiration's furnace. The inscription in English reads, "In these stones, horizons sing." And the other, the other thing is in Welsh, and I'm not going to attempt that at all. <laughs> um, 
But the, the but the conversation at dinner. The dinner in bondage. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 I call it the let one go conversation. Mm-hmm. Because it starts off silly. You know. Yeah, with the, with very the, cartoony the, yeah. and the and the I'm trying to kill you, you know, and the he sprays her. Mm-hmm. He sprays her breath. And then the yeah. yeah, and then then it turns serious, and it gets really really deep, and I love that he says, you know, she, when she's talking about, is it Kathy? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Kathy. And uh, you know, just today, you know, she's still. I didn't kill her. She's still around. She's mm-hmm. in the city somewhere right now, and he says, oh, and that's where he begins the. So you let one go, and that's how you're able to live with yourself. Mm-hmm. You're able to do that. Every once in a while, just for some odd reason, you just let, let one go. Yeah. And she comes right back at him. Only a killer would know that. Mm-hmm. And then she turns it to, Doctor, you're a killer. Let one go. Yeah. Let it be me. <laughs> and I love that. I mean, that, that scene in the restaurant for me is the whole episode. Oh, absolutely. Very well written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even the um, she mentions being fed to venom grubs. These creatures uh, appeared in the first Doctor ser- serial, The Web Planet, 1965. So there's a lot of references in wow. this. And I was not expecting that. No, yeah. Russell was having fun. Yeah. I mean, he does it better than some of the Moffat episodes. <laughs> I also yeah, like well, we'll uh, get there. <laughs> how she then turned it also to family and growing up mm-hmm. and saying, you know... Uh, I, I was raised this way to be a killer, um, and I. She says she never got the chance to be ordinary, and that's one of those. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, buttons motifs that mm-hmm. she knows, or she might not know, but that she's attempting to hit the doctor with. Like, let me be one of those ordinary people mm-hmm. that, you know, are the salt of the universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good point. Well, which is why that woman's name was and Kathy Salt. Kathy Salt. I just wow. don't know if she uh, so hard. There's so She's many gonna layers. get a second chance, but does she deserve it? And well, they have the whole argument about she had to commit her first kill at thirteen. Well, I kind of have that ordinary life. Yeah, but I, I see that as that. I, I don't know. I can't. Whatever. That Margaret is dead. It will be another. Like if you if you were told like Lon is dead and now Lon Margaret is, has well, a chance. Well, well, yeah. of, no, I mean just yes, to, yes, yes. To, you know, to put it in a frame that right. If so you're listening to it, you can try and separate the two. Right. That's Lon was the Savine, and, and she now Margaret's Margaret, going to be yeah. some mm-hmm. other family. And I, that's kind of the way I look at it. it. Was like we got justice. She's gone, and and but at, at the same time, you're letting a you're not taking a life. You're ending some bad life and transforming it into something that will hopefully be good unless she's raised again by murderers. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting question. Does she deserve it? It's like, well, no. But the way the circumstances played out. But w- another interesting question would be, would another doctor incarnation do the same thing? Oh, probably not. <laughs> do what, though? Because it was would the hardest. Doc- no, but... Like, get- There's a bond between the doctor and the TARDIS. It's like he knew, and he wouldn't let the TARDIS do something, and the TARDIS wouldn't do something that would be... It's that the like doctor wouldn't approve of? Well, no, he, no, I think the TARDIS would. We've seen that coming up. Yeah. But it's just, would he have given that possibility? We know that looking into the heart of TARDIS, or we find out, can do a lot of different things. It's not just... I don't know. Reversing someone. It's It's... It's just yeah, one of those, the sixth doctor a, probably would have just killed her. That's what, yeah. 
it's just interesting ideas of would other incarnations do follow the same thing, give her another chance? Would other ones step on the egg and crack it? Yeah, that's the thing. Mm. They could have they could have stepped on the egg. Other time lords would. I don't know if yeah, Doctor definitely would. other time. Well, lords I would. also think this incarnation of the show is much more advanced. You know, I haven't seen the original series, but that was more good versus evil, black versus white. Right. The, the, this is you, the you evil know, guy never tell had. Me what you really feel? Yeah. And this one still with the phones not being guns. So this is definitely a yeah, try and find another yeah even alternative that, decision. Even, mm-hmm. Even the phones not being guns is a commentary on the death, on violence and right. death and things like that. There's a lot of layers going on here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anything else? I wonder how it plays in England because I don't, because they don't have the death penalty. I think, I think most of Europe doesn't have the death penalty. Maybe it was like, and, mm. and that's something that they, think is extremely barbaric yeah they're probably just commenting on us it may well like russell, maybe like Ru- maybe because you know russell but yeah possibly yes yeah um but i'm wondering like when it plays in america there's a lot of americans that are either for the death penalty against <laughs> the ten- death penalty yeah. or it's still like an active debate is what yeah. i'm getting at right so people are kind of like they they still weigh the pros and cons of it, but in Britain it's kind of settled. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if presenting that to an audience, where she's you know, like, you know, where it's like, well, if they're if this is really England, they wouldn't take her back. Do you know what you, I mean? Yeah, like the doctor's stance is something counter to what they're used to. Yes. And so, yes. Would, well, it, it, would they react differently yeah. to it than an American audience? Because an American right. audience is like, well, some people are going to say yes, and some people are going to say no. And I'm wondering if England is like, no, the death penalty is bad. Well, then would you take her back? Mm-hmm. And almost, it's like, oh, right. <laughs> you know, giving yeah. them that moral pause. Right. Whereas in America, sorry, no, whereas no, in no. America, it's, it's a little still, we're still debating it. So it's like, yes, we still think of these things all the time. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, the point of writing this episode was uh, to point out, like, yes, the death penalty is bad, but not having the death penalty is bad too. And the only solution is to take their life from them and start them over. It's it's almost like that's, but you can't do that. You, you know, right. I think I think that's sort of that's why it's extremely Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's almost like that structure was came first out of everything else, and they wrote the story around, which is how you're supposed to write stuff anyway, but mm-hmm. it was very good if that was the plan and it all and it all kind of goes together. Because in, in reality, if that's the debate, that is the debate. Like, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Be born again? But he found a way to beat the no-win scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like Joshua yeah. in War Games. <laughs> You're going for Kirk here, you know. <laughs> What's that? The Kobe- going for Kirk. The Kobayashi Maru. Oh, yeah. oh right. <laughs> Although Joshua works too. It's interesting they they didn't give Jack like a real voice in it, and he would have been, you know, the American. That's point, true. Right? Yeah. I wonder. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of gone the whole episode. He, he was, was eye candy. Yeah, he was underneath the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, he was just yeah. he was just fitting around the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah he didn't even get to go out to dinner or anything. I mean, at the breakfast or no, the dinner, he went to the dinner. But yeah, he didn't yeah. Go out to... but not to the dinner not... dinner. The... He well, certainly he certainly didn't was... get to go to the hotel room with yeah. <laughs> Rose and Mickey. That'd be funny if they he, he's like I when Mickey and Rose were having that conversation like 
You guys use, still using that hotel? <laughs> <laughs> no, you just walk up and go, yeah. I've got a key, let's yeah. go. <laughs> Anything else? Would we recommend this to a new Who viewer? Alburn. Uh, I'm going to decline this one. Um, maybe on more viewings, I would like it more, unravel all of the layers, but I, it's not my, my not my favorite, and I felt... You know, the acting was really great, but the deus ex machina, also the the twist of Margaret just didn't sit with me right, like, because I was rooting for her to change, to really change, not to have something change her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I would not recommend it. Josh? No, because the uh, same reasons, but also there's two, all the good things, all the really good things about this episode, you just have to be familiar with the yeah. world and the shows. Aside from the super obvious, but the stuff that, like, well, why would the doctor act that way? Or why would this person be that way? And everything going on with Mickey and Rose, like, that doesn't even, like, it, if it's someone who hadn't seen the show, it would make no sense-ish. Mm-hmm. Brian? Uh, I'd say no. But with that said, I love this episode. And this is one of those episodes, I have it in almost every show that I watch, where I totally get it when people don't like it. I totally get it when people trash it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I I love this episode. I think I love the the fact that it's just two people talking, mm-hmm. and it's great. Um, but no, I would not show this first to a person because what Josh says is right. You know, you, you know too much. You need to know. You need to know what more. And also that the whole Mickey Rose thing isn't. It doesn't move the plot. No. There, that is not plot stuff it's totally just in their character arc you pass you know mm-hmm. they pass through this episode mm-hmm. you don't need it you could pull it right out and still have the exact same episode but i like it yeah but you need it for the long haul the, the long haul but not oh, this yeah. episode yeah it's and we're in the middle yeah it's like we you know you need to see the beginning you need to see where it's going so no mm. i wouldn't but when the person finally saw it i would really hope that they would like it because yes. then i'd have somebody to Agreed. talk about it with <laughs> frank this started out as a fun episode. I mean, the whole music when Mickey gets off the train, the music that they have when they're going to dinner is kind of a fun la-la music that they're, you see a montage of going to see the yeah, city, yeah. you know, <laughs> when they're going out to their executions dinner. <laughs> um, so it had some fun aspects, but when you start looking at it, everything just unravels. You can't really try and find layers in this. This is just a surface episode. You know, the whole idea that she comes back as Margaret doesn't pan out if you watch the other episodes Mm -hmm. because they wanted to all go out with this glorious being naked and free and then oh no now we're all going to get the bomb so she had no time to go get this same skin suit (laughs) just all these little details that you just go through the whole thing going this doesn't make any sense it doesn't work so I don't like it and the more you look at it the more (laughs) it just unravels (laughs) it has some fun parts it has some good scenes and well written scenes but overall no, I wouldn't want anyone really to see this until they're they're ready way into the show. <laughs> they're able to be. This is to me one of the lower ones. See, this is why I have no one to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot this one bit I want to bring up before I render my verdict. Um, Billy Piper had some scheduling issues. I think her uncle died, and she was replaced by a, a double. The first one you can 
tell is the running, the wide shot of her running through the plaza. Oh yeah, and the 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 cracks uh-huh. that appear. That's a stunt or a, a running double, I guess. <laughs> and then the other one is when Mickey is waiting outside the after the disaster happens, and she's looking for yeah. Mickey. You oh, never right. see her face. You don't see her right. face. And, and it is a bad wig. It's a bad fake <laughs> wig of. Bill. It's just no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's one and, of the things that's. I mean, that's a shame too because. Yeah. That seemed a little weird. Yeah. It didn't quite ring true to either one of their characters, mm-hmm. you know? So what was there going to be otherwise? Uh, scenes? I don't know. You might have seen close-ups of her, her face. Oh, but something. the things that actually a little happened more in scenes were... Happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this, this double's name is Anna, and she was... Um, Anna what? I don't remember. She's but... a person who is... <laughs> but uh, she was uh, John Berriman's driver to get him from oh, set. Oh, and a driver, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin of Minnie? Huh? Cousin of Minnie. Yeah. Cousin of Minnie. No, she drove cousin. a Minnie. Oh, she drove <laughs> Anna Cooper. Um, I would also say no to this episode just because you need the history to really appreciate, appreciate this episode. It, yeah. I this thought you were going to say no because, boy, that running double was just terrible. <laughs> Because you said it's like well, no before I, the double. No, well, well, just, no, no, no. Because like, he said he said you know before I render my verdict, I wanted to give this other tidbit of information. No. So, so the running double. So she just ruined it for me. No, I was just working on a tangent, and that was it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we won't recommend this to a who knew viewer, despite all the good a things new we have. Who viewer? Yeah. <laughs> Despite all the good things we have to say about this episode, so don't, don't watch let, it first. Yeah, don't That's watch it first. Like, no. But in yeah, the scheme of things, it. in the it's scheme of things, it works yeah. just fine. Uh, so we will. Well, who are we saying that to? Because no one who hasn't been watching it is going to be listening to this anyway. <laughs> no, yeah. but it's like the, the whole don't, idea was: if you have somebody that hasn't seen it, you right. want to introduce them. Don't introduce them. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. You're thinking, oh, yeah. well, this is what I'm up to. Maybe they'll watch it with me the night. Don't do don't. that. Right. Go do something else. Yeah, do <laughs> like I said, there are. And some by fun the way, that's our shtick. <laughs> that's what we do. This is the eleventh episode. Right. Does Margaret deserve a second chance? Would you take her back home to certain death? Let us know what you would do. Email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. It's my shtick. Saying what? So, we, <laughs> so we'll see you guys next time when the future becomes the present. You've just listened to an episode of Who Knew. Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. You can find his work at theuniverseexplodes.com. You can also find this show on several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher or our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Who Knew Podcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who, the longest-running sci-fi show in history, and especially the revival spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain.